I just long for our community to know that truth that there is no higher name than his. And if you come in tonight and like fear has you, I want you to have that belief that he is truly above it all. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for that truth that we can come together tonight as believers and reflect on that truth and and truly just stand in awe and wonder at this truth that you are above it all. And so, Father, tonight I pray that, that if there is fear leaking in, if there is doubt, if there are these things that we're struggling with here tonight, I pray that you will make that abundantly clear to us once again that you are above it all. Father, I pray for the kids tonight. Speak into them. Holy Spirit, saturate that kid's barn. Teach them about you. Teach them about your power and your authority and your affections for them. And Father, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Kids, you all have a wonderful time. Well, how are we doing on our fall break? Everybody doing well? Anybody stressed to the max yet? Having a good time? Good. I'm really glad to be meeting here with you all tonight. I uh, don't like to take weeks off. I'm really glad that we powered through the fall break and uh, we're meeting together tonight. It's wonderful. So, um, Hey, so tonight as we get started, there's really a theme that I want us to gravitate towards. It's very simply this, um, choose the right sacrifices. Very simply, choose the right sacrifices because whether we realize it or not, we are constantly sacrificing something for something else. I mean, you think about right here tonight on a fall break Wednesday night, you sacrificed Maybe having a night to yourself or getting the kids in bed early or whatever the case may be because you thought it would be better to be here than not be here. Or maybe it wasn't you that thought it was a better idea. Maybe it was your spouse who dragged you along. But either way, you felt it would be better to have a good marriage and have peace in the home by being here than not being here. We are constantly creating a hierarchy of values and we sacrifice things that are not at the top of those values. For instance, I had a job uh, last year that I ended up leaving because I felt like I was spending too much time away from home. I felt like I was making the wrong sacrifices. I looked at my value list and I said, what I say I value is being a good father, being a good husband, and yet the sacrifices I'm making are my family. So it didn't line up. The value system did not line up with the sacrifices that I was making, and so I realized I needed to have a shift. Well, that's the easy part. The second part is the harder part. Choosing the right sacrifices requires trusting God's understanding over our own understanding. Uh, A few years back, we had some pretty serious, I would say, financial 
struggles. Uh, we just had our first baby, and I had no idea the cost that went into just having the baby, let alone actually diapers and taking care of the baby. So we get all these bills coming in, and I'm starting to do some math, and things aren't lining up. There's a whole lot of red in this math, and I'm feeling like, you know what, like things are looking pretty rough here. Well, Morgan notices my stress, and she comes in, and she says, well, you know what we need to do, don't you? And I said, yeah, pray. And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, we need to pray for sure. But also what we need to do is give away some money. And I said, what are you talking, did you not hear what I just said? Like, Morgan, you are a wise woman, but math does not seem to be your forte, <laughs> right? And so, so she said, yeah, yeah, we need to give some money away because what's happening in our hearts right now is that money has so much control and so much power over us that it's causing us so, ma so much anxiety, so we just need to break its power by giving it away. And I thought, this is such an irresponsible decision, but okay, I trust you, we'll do this. I mean, I really thought we are being extremely irresponsible in this moment, but I went along with it. Well, I didn't realize at the time, but I had... At the top of my value list, in that moment, at least as it pertained to finances, I had control in money itself above trust and obedience. And that manifests itself during that time. And as we sort of gave in to Morgan's faithfulness, I say Morgan's faithfulness, it wasn't mine. I went kicking and screaming, okay? It was her faithfulness. I watched God take care of us during that time that we made it through and it was a very cool experience to just see him come through in that moment as we just said yes even though I didn't understand and so with that we are going to get into Genesis chapter 22 tonight uh, we will be in Hebrews 11 briefly and Genesis 21 briefly but uh, for most of our time we'll be in Genesis 22 and this is a story that I think puts this idea of choosing the right sacrifices uh, really at the forefront. This is the ultimate scenario, in my opinion, I think probably a lot of people's opinions, about what it looks like to choose the right sacrifices. We're going to start here in verse 1. It says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham! Here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to this region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Okay, so let me back all the way up here for a second. Okay, we've been in um, the story of Joseph for the last three weeks or so. Uh, Isaac is Joseph's grandfather. Abraham is Joseph's great-grandfather. And so God comes to Abraham one day, well before this, and he says, uh, I am going to make a nation out of you in your old age. And he continues to remind him, continues to remind him, and then uh, one day he comes to Abraham's wife, Sarah. She's 90 years old, or she's 89, I guess, at the time, and says, Sarah, you are going to have a baby. 
And Sarah does what anybody at 89 years old would do. She laughs. She says, okay, good one, God. That's, you know, that's funny, nice, you know. And, uh, and so, sure enough, the next year, Abraham's 100 years old. Sarah is 90 years old, and she gives birth to Isaac. And the Hebrew definition of Isaac is laughter. And so, um, in Genesis 21, 12, God says this specifically. He says, through Isaac, your offspring will be named. So this promise has been extended generally, and then it gets more specific to Isaac himself. That's so important for us to recognize. So now you think everything's going well, but then in verse 2, God says, hey, I need you to sacrifice the one and only son whom you love, which is kind of an ouch statement to Ishmael, uh, because he's also Abraham's son, but he's been sent out at this time. But but think about this for a second, okay? Think about how long of a time they've waited for God to bless them with this promise that they have said, that God has said that he's going to bless them with. Think about all that time. Think about the fact that it, it does happen. It does manifest. It does happen through Isaac. God says, I'm going to build this nation through Isaac and now all of a sudden he says I need you to go sacrifice Isaac. Think about what a big curveball this is in this moment. God you 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 promised us this, you blessed us with this, you gave us a son and now you want us to sacrifice him. We got to remember a couple things here. One is what it says in verse 1. It says, God set out to test Abraham. Now, what is the test here? I believe that the test is in Abraham's heart. You think about how long they waited for this child to come, and then this child does come. Think about the temptation in Abraham's heart to begin to praise the very thing that God has promised him, that God has blessed him with, this son of his that he now sees manifest in his life, this one and only son whom he loves, think about how easy it would be for him to start to love the blessing more than God itself. Think about a kid on Christmas morning who gets a, gets a bunch of gifts and they forget all about the person who gave them that gift. That's the idea here. That's the first thing. The second thing I think the test is, is are you going to trust me? Are you going to trust me? And two, where is your heart, Abraham? Are you going to withhold anything from me? Is there anything you're going to withhold from me? Now look, this is a hard story. There's no way around this. This is a hard story. We're talking about a child here. We're talking about a child here. But we have to remember that God loves the people that we care about more than we do. That God loves the people we care about more than we do. The best thing that we can do for our children or for the people we care about is to put them in God's hands. And to put God above them in our own hearts as well. Uh, when Morgan and I first got married, her, uh, one of her vows was Dallas you are not the most important person to me. 
like, gee, great way to start a marriage. She said, you are not the most important person to me. She said, Christ is. And because Christ is and you aren't, I can love you better than if you were. So her vow to me was to keep Christ first so that our marriage has the best chance to flourish and have success in the long run. Remember the theme for the evening. Choose your sacrifices. Choose your sacrifices. Something or someone is going to have the top spot on your hierarchy of values. The invitation is to put God first and foremost above even the things that we care about so that we can even then love the people we care about even more. The best way for us to love the people we care about is to put God first in our own hearts and to put them in his hands. Verse 3. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Now, how could he possibly say, we will go worship and then we will come back to you? I mean, does he not know how sacrifices work, right? Like, you don't get to have that thing that you're sacrificing. That's the definition of a sacrifice is you're giving up something for something else. Now, this detail is so important right here. Let's look at verse uh, 4. It says, On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Now, what place? What place is he talking about? It's the place that God had told him about. Now, we don't have any record of God explaining specifically where this place is going to be. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But how does he know in this moment the place? Now, this is so amazing. Don't miss this. The place in the distance that God is sending them to is the same place that God will one day send his son Jesus to pay the ultimate sacrifice. This is the same place he'll send his son. See, I believe in this moment that Abraham sees off in the distance. And again, this is just... This is me. This is my interpretation, okay? I think he sees off in the distance a glimpse of the coming Jesus, or at least a glimpse of the fact that God is so big and so powerful that he can actually resurrect the dead in this moment. And we know that. Why? Because Hebrews eleven nineteen says this. It says, Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead and so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from, de- from the dead. I believe that Abraham sets off early in the morning, because probably because he's been awake all night, mourning the death of his son as he is obedient to God in this moment. And then on the third day, God reveals to him an understanding of what's taken place. See, I believe that as Abraham fixes his eyes, he looks up, he fixes his eyes on Jesus, or at least up 
at God in obedience that God reveals to him in this moment his plan. And he has a belief in a whole new way. Where do we tonight need to have a renewed belief that God will enter that space and see the situation through? Verse 6. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, uh, Abraham, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? This is getting awkward for Isaac, right? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. Now, verse 8, circle that, highlight it, whatever you need to do. It's no small detail. God himself, verse 8, God himself will provide the lamb. It is God who provides a sacrifice for our sin. It is God who has made the covenant. It is God who keeps the covenant. And it is God who has made a way for us to be reunited with him even when we don't hold up our end of the covenant. It is God who provides. It is God who provides the sacrifice. But he will always keep his side of it because that's how covenants work for a holy and perfect God. That this is not a contract we're talking about where a contract is when if you don't hold up your end, then I don't have to hold up my end and we can tear up the whole thing together. But a covenant says that even if you don't hold up your end, I'm going to still hold up mine. And that's the God that we have. He's going to hold up his end and he's going to make a way for us even when we don't hold up our end of the deal. And see, Abraham knew that it is God who provides. It is God who provides the blessing. It is God who provides the promise. And it is God who provides the sacrifice. Do we trust that tonight? Or are we still trying to trust in our own strength and trying to be worthy ourselves? Verse 9. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Now, this is a thought that is extremely difficult for us, is it not? Is this not one of the hardest parts in all the scriptures? But one thing we've got to understand is that to love the people we care about in the best possible manner is to not withhold them from God. We have got to give everything over to him. And we have to remember that God loves them more than we do. And when we start to put everything on the table and be willing to give God the things and the people that we value most, we will actually then be able to love them so much better and so much more freely. See, Abraham knows God has a plan here. He may not know God's plans, but he knows God has a plan 
hear, and that's so key. He trusts God's understanding more than his own understanding. And he believes that God loves Isaac. He knows that God loves him, and he knows that God loves Isaac. And consequently, he's willing, without an understanding, to be obedient and be faithful in this moment. Y'all, Abraham did not withhold even his own son, Isaac. The question I have for us tonight is, what is the Isaac in our own lives that we need to just freely give over to him here tonight? What is the Isaac in our own lives that, that maybe we've been withholding from him that we need to give over here tonight? Maybe there is a crippling anxiety and fear of what could possibly happen to your kid. So you helicopter over them in fear and anxiety. And God wants you to be able to operate in a freedom over that. To trust him. To give your child over to him. Put, put, him, put your kid in God's hands and say, God, I'm free of the fear and the anxiety. Or maybe it's finances tonight. Maybe, maybe we struggle to control or to hold a tight grip to those things because we've got to make everything make sense in our minds so we can't be free to give. What does it look like for us to give those things over to him? What is your Isaac in your life that you need to give to him? And watch what he does with that. Verse 13. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns he went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son so Abraham called that place the Lord will provide and to this day it is said on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided and we know now that it was provided and that it is still provided to us today we began our time talking about choosing the right sacrifices. Uh, you're going to give up something for something else. That's just the nature. That's just the way things work. Well, God chose his sacrifice. On this same mountain, through the lineage of Abraham, there was an ultimate sacrifice provided by God that sustains us today and for all of our days. On this same mountain, God sacrificed his son. It was a reenactment of the story of Abraham and Isaac. Only this time, there wasn't somebody saying, wait, stop, don't do it, don't lay a finger on him. In fact, this time, there was a sacrifice. And Jesus says, it is finished. God provided the sacrifice on that day, and that sacrifice sustains us even here today do we trust that truth tonight that God has provided the ultimate sacrifice on our behalf and if we if we know that and we cling to that then we remember when we make our own sacrifices we recognize that the father and the son made the ultimate sacrifices and I'm not trying to diminish the decisions that we have to make. But what I am saying here tonight, though, is 
We'll pull up verse 4 again, if you don't mind, David. It says this, On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Y'all, when we're struggling to put things in God's hands, to be obedient, to trust Him, the first thing we need to do is look up. And to see off in the distance like Abraham did that the coming Jesus would, would pay the ultimate sacrifice one day on our behalf on that mountain when we're struggling to, to give up the things that we're clinging to and holding tight to, we look up and we look on this mountain at the sacrifice that Jesus has made. And we know that if we're willing to give those things to God, that because he's made the ultimate sacrifice, he will sustain us. And he will see it through. Let's pray. Father, we thank you uh, just for the truth of your word that, man, you just, you, you go from the, the beginning to the end. And there are things that just speak to you in a whole new way if it's your 500th time reading a story, you continue to speak to us in new ways and you remind us of who you are, the character that you have, and, and what you've done to demonstrate your love and your kindness and your affection towards us. Father, I pray that you will work in us tonight, work in our hearts, give us a belief if we need it. Father, be so kind to us if that's what we need tonight. Father, give us a conviction. Give us a boldness if that's what we need. Father, give us a belief in a whole new way tonight. And Father, help us to give it back to you. That there are things in our lives that maybe we are clinging tightly to. I pray that you will give us the strength tonight to just say yes to you in that thing. Father, I pray that you'll work in this place, work in this church, work in this community. Father, we, we desire to see your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.
does deserve all the glory. Again, I don't know how you come in tonight, but I, I know that when you live in the world, there's stuff going on, right? So let's cling tonight to that truth that, that He is worthy of it all. If we give everything to Him and we trust Him that He will see the situation through. And I don't mind to say the same things over and over, especially when they're good things, because He will provide, and He will see it through. Um, I would love to, Whitney, I'd love to pray for your kids. Her kids have uh, been a bit sick. I'd love to just take some time as a group to just pray for her kids and for our church as we close out here tonight. Father, we thank you for a night to gather. We thank you for a night to worship. We thank you for a night to just be able to reflect on these truths of your word and um, and time and time again you you use these scriptures to bring life into our souls and so we thank you um, for doing that once again and so father i pray that tonight as we go here i pray that you will let that truth take root in our hearts and in our minds as we go father i love to pray um, for the eldritch kids just uh, Give them comfort and peace and health. Provide for them uh, tonight. Pray that you will bring wisdom to those who are taking care of them. And I pray for quick recoveries. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <laughs>